0: In the last home game of the year, the Houston Texans' New Year resolution was apparently leaving points in 2022 as they struggled to score against the Jacksonville Jaguars in their 31-3 loss. Cody, unfortunately, fortunately, let's start the show.
1: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome everybody to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You ever dreamed about becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise? Well, guys, this is game. This game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit Ultimate Dash. GM.com or look it up on the App Store. Our listeners get 100% free boost on their franchise when using promo code LOCKED ON in all caps in the game. I'm John Hickman joined by none other than Cody Davis here to discuss the 31-3 loss <laughs> suffered at the hands of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Davis Mills on the day 22-40 passing for 200 passing yards, 202 passing yards to go along with 33 rushing yards. Led the team in rushing yards, by the way. Jalen Petrie had an up and down day. I call it the good, the bad, the Jalen Petrie experience. Led the way in tackling with 13 on the day, including one interception. And Ogbo one quote had a sack on Sunday. He has now had five in the last five games. There's not a lot to take away from Sunday's matchup versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. however offensively Houston completely stunk it up now before because I was at the game Cody and I was at the game before um, I went into the game you know walking in the park lot there were some tailgaters out there and by the way the energy in the NRG which is kind of crazy the energy in the NRG it's Hmm. not There, it was Fan Appreciation Day, Mm, and the the stadium was nearly empty at halftime, right into, like, the third quarter, right around when Trevor Lawrence was benched. You see fans Mm, in the mm, third quarter mm. leaving the game. Man, I ran to a cool guy named Jeff out there tailgating, and he had a sign that said, win or lose, we booze. (laughs) <laughs> and i, I got to say, man, I, I know after uh, Sunday, a lot of booze was consumed by Jeff. Hopefully Jeff isn't you know, driving drunk on the influence, of course. But, Cody, my issue with the Houston Texans on Sunday, offensively, Pep Hamilton, you had a play with Mills at wide receiver. You had a play with Jeff Driscoll at wide receiver. And then the following play on the same drive was a play for a check down to Rex Burkhead. You know, these things are inexcusable at this point, right? One game left on a year. The year, it is what it is. Houston is fighting for the number one spot. The Chicago Bears are a a half a game behind as they lost on Sunday as well. And I believe that no matter what happens next week, the Chicago Bears own that tiebreaker in a sense. So, Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But, you know, it was difficult to watch on Sunday, right? The quote-unquote trick plays. The experience – the, the experiment, excuse me, with Jeff Driscoll in and out of the lineup, in and out of drives, right? Davis Mills lined up at wide receiver board. Just some of the things that they've been trying to um, execute uh, at different points throughout this year, mainly as of late. We've seen it be successful in some capacity, but on Sunday it just wasn't working. Jeff Driscoll was bad. Davis Mills was bad. Davis Mills overthrew receivers several times. With, if you put that ball exactly where the receiver needs it, that receiver may be running in for a touchdown. That was the issue on Sunday, the inability to score points, the inability to get creative without with, without holding your team back. Because I think when you put Jeff Driscoll out there, you line up a Davis Mills, the wide receiver, nothing good is going to come from that. It hasn't came from it all year for the most part, and it's not going to start now. But I'll say this, guys, I think on Saturday, general manager Nick Casario, his eyes was glued to the TV all day. With Bryce Young playing early in the day, with C.J. Stroud playing late at night, I think a phone call was made, hey, I need you guys to secure this number one win, this number one spot, because Houston has not played this bad, this poorly in the past couple of weeks, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But I think a call was made because that game clearly smelled like a tank. Uh, which, you know, at this point is being embraced by a lot of us. And it was just hard to watch, man. It it, it was hard to watch. I was in the NRG Stadium. This was a stadium that at one point you can hear outside on the freeway. And I was able to hear other people's conversations. That is how bad the energy was in that stadium. That is how bad people were just kind of there to just say, hey, I went to a Texan game on Sunday. What did you do this weekend? It was terrible.
1: I'm going to push back just a little bit on your take about Pep Hamilton. Um, I'm not going to crack down on him lining up Jeff Driscoll, lining up Davis Mills as a wide receiver on certain plays, because that is basically the same thing we saw over the last three weeks. And as you just alluded to, John, um, they have experienced some success. You know, that the one game that come to my mind was the game Christmas Eve against the Tennessee Titans. And I believe that was a play that they ran and ended up getting a first down of first down out of it as well. But, you know, this two dual quarterback system always kind of concern me because like, I like I've been mentioning since this entire season that, to me, at least, it doesn't matter what Lovey Smith, Pep Hamilton, Danny Barrett, the entire coaching staff, it doesn't matter what these guys do, what they call up, what they draw up, the Texans do not have the talent. And I know eventually a team was going to figure out how to slow down the Texans in this dual quarterback system. It worked against the Dallas Cowboys because it threw everybody for a loop. It worked against the Kansas City Chiefs, and it also worked to a victory against the Tennessee Titans. However, you also got to take a look at the rally of the situation that the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing some really good football coming into this game. They they came into this game on a three-game win streak, which is four, and I'm not going to sit here and say that this was their best performance. I I might be under the impression that this might be their worst performance throughout this win streak. However... The Texans, man, they just did not bring it on the offensive side of the ball. With Davis Mills leading his team in Russians lets you know that they are finally missing Damian That's Pierce. Bad. The wide receiving core just looked terrible due to the inabilities, once again, of Davis Mills. By the way, I do want to give you guys some numbers just to show how bad the Texans were with their inconsistent play on the offensive side of the ball. Ever since the game against the Cleveland Browns, where it seemed like the Texans were at least playing competitive football, this is a team that came into the game averaging 20 points um, and converting somewhere in the ballpark of 17 to 19 first down on Sunday. They only scored three points and they only converted, I believe 12 or 13 first down throughout the game. Most of that came of course in the fourth quarter when the game was already out of hand. So you know this game just showcased how bad the offense is. Once again, of course, I hate to say it, how bad Davis Mills is. You know, John, you just alluded to there were several moments where he was overthrowing his targets, and that was just due to the just due to his inability to handle the pressure because the Jacksonville Jaguars did a pretty solid job of getting in his face. And what we saw early on in the year that led to his first benching. We saw it again in this game, and you know it's kind of uh, it's kind of ironic that we we're talking about the regression of Davis Mills once again when there's only one game left on the schedule. So you know they're not going to bench him for Week 18, why but not? why lose? You know, know come spot. come April. When is the draft? April 28th. with the first pick? The Houston Texans select insert quarterback here, that will be the official
0: benching of David Mills. You know, I I do want to say, man, kudos to the Jacksonville Jaguars special teams. The Houston Texans had five drives that started inside the Houston's 20-yard line. Mm -hmm. Uh, A one-yard drive, uh, a drive that started at the one-yard line, a couple of that started at the 11, and you know, that was a 10, started at the 10. So, it was difficult for Houston to get into a groove when you're starting inside the 20-yard line. Five out of the you know, um uh, few offensive drives that they had on the day. Uh, the Houston Texans, weirdly enough, led in time of possession, that time of possession battle. Just, uh, again, they was 0-4 on fourth down. You know, you got to respect Lovey Smith for being somewhat of aggressive.
1: Uh, I, I, I respect you know, it because it goes back into the similar play calling that we saw these last
0: three, four games.
1: So I, I respect that. Yeah,
0: and, and it's like, what are you losing you know what's the worst that can happen you know what i mean so uh but sunday was just one of those days where you know you look back over this season and it, i don't know it's just like the jags took it personal and houston didn't and they didn't they didn't care i you know i definitely want to let you guys in on um i think a, a great new secret that here at the Locked On Texans and the Locked On Network, we're trying to push out to people because it's just so damn fun, especially for Texan fans. I know you guys are probably sitting at home, driving in your car, on the couch and thinking to yourself, boy, I could do a better job at being a general manager than Nick Casario. Well, today's episode is sponsored and brought to you by the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. This is the place where you put your skills to the test you manage every strategic aspect of your team play through the season and lead your team to glory you are responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators okay texas fans this is your chance trading players making draft picks navigating your franchise through free agency and the drafts and all of the ups and downs of of the season all of this in a challenging realistic game world ultimate football gm is completely free and playable offline, play as you go, as you want, when you want to. Super simple, super easy. And for our guests here at the Locked On Text and Podcast, our listeners, excuse me, you get a 100% free boost to the franchise when using promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On, all caps. Make sure you check it out today. Download the game. Visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Welcome back
1: in, ladies and gentlemen, to
0: this Monday installment of Locked
1: on Texans. And, John, you made a statement that I kind of don't agree with a little bit, um, talking oh. about the Houston Texans Uh-oh. defense. Um I, I disagree a little bit you know I I believe that the Texans defense given how bad the offense played they did the best that they could to keep this team in the game um and I love how they was able to contain Trevor Lawrence I know a lot of people might look at Trevor Lawrence getting set early in the third quarter and might be thinking to yourself look they there was a what 21 nothing at halftime they might be thinking to themselves that Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence played a big role in the Jacksonville Jaguars going up, but unfortunately he did not. And this is a guy who came into the game completing 70% of his passes, throwing for 915 yards and seven touchdowns, one interception, and... was was a big part of the reason why the Jacksonville Jaguars came into this game on a three-game win streak. However, the Texans, they did a pretty solid job containing him. He finished the game with 152 yards, one interception. He had an opportunity to get that sack. I believe it was Okoronko, if I'm not mistaken. And once again, the inabilities of the Texans' run defense is part of the reason why they gave up 31 points. And I think the biggest moment of the game changed when the Texans gave up that 62 yard yeah. touchdown run to Travis
0: Etienne. Yeah, listen, man, I think defensively Houston did a good job against Trevor Lawrence. Partially the reason why, <clears throat> excuse me, partially the reason why Trevor Lawrence didn't play after the five minute mark in the third quarter was simply the game was out of hand and he yeah. wasn't necessarily doing anything uh, that was worthwhile keeping him in the game. So you don't want to hurt your quarterback. Uh, that's you know taking you to the playoffs when he's, he's already kind of struggling. If the game is already in, Raps take him out, Houston uh, and, the Jack- and the Jacksonville Jaguars did that, uh, they made it difficult for him on the day. I thought they did a very good job of trying to get into his face uh, for Houston. You know, the I think again, Cody, you pointed it out the big issue for Houston defensively was the missed tackles, right? We love Jalen Petrie, who again had a you know, a, a interception fifth on the year for. Jalen Petrie, if he gets one next year, he ties the rookie record set by Dante Robinson. You mean next um, week? Not next, next week, year. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry, next week. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. But, you know, if he gets that, then he ties it with Dante Robinson back in 2006, I believe. Mm-hmm. But he does have an issue with missed tackles. Um, but, you, you know, we look at that play on Travis Etienne where he missed, uh, missed a tackle on there. I have to go back and look at it, but it seems like there was a blown assignment there as well. Um, You know, there was a big gap that I looked over and I'm like, well, where are – where's the linebacker? There was no backer there. Uh, But, you know, for Houston, three quarterback hits on the day, uh, two sacks. I I thought they did a very decent job of getting after Trevor. It just was, as you mentioned, Houston could not stop the run. And overall – that is what led to the Jacksonville Jaguars pulling away from their game.
1: John, let me ask you this question really quick before moving on. Um, You talk about the missed tackles from Jalen Petrie. Um, throughout the season, that has been an issue. We also talked about, you know, at times there's been missed tackles by um Jonathan Owens as well. Is that more so an issue with them as your defensive backs, or is that more of an indictment that your front seven – just isn't that no, good. Because no, 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 I only say that because if you think about it, I, I got to go go back and look at the stats, but those two guys are definitely top five on this team in tackles. And we've came on this show a lot of times, and other people have talk, talked about it as well. You don't want your defensive backs that high in tackles.
0: Yeah, but that has nothing to do with missed tackles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missed tackles, you know, is really 1v1. Uh, you got to take me down or I'm dragging you with me. So, the issue of having your safeties leading the team in tackles, that's an issue in itself. Mm -hmm. And and it is. But the issue of just blatant missed tackles, no, I think that is a style of play issue. And uh, when I say style of play issue, Jalen Petrie is a guy who plays around the line of scrimmage a lot, right? He he likes to get Mm -hmm. active. In the run game, but he also plays at times he plays tough, which is what you want. But sometimes he's playing like a hitter and not a tackler. When you can when you hit somebody, sometimes you're gonna miss a hit. But if you are a surefire tackler, then you kind of limit some of those missed tackles, which is something that again. We Look at that 62 yard, and I think that put them up 21 to zero at that point. I, I
1: think it might have been 14. Was that 14?
0: Well, they yeah. go up two, two possessions, two or three possessions. They go up score. enough, <laughs> they go up enough, right? To, you know, for, for this offense, take it out the you know, no chance in hell of scoring. But on that play, that was an opportunity for Jalen Petra to come up and just make the play. Mm-hmm. That was a whiff tackle, that was a missed tackle. Uh, and, and again, I think that maybe he was. Anticipating another backer there or a backer there, somebody that can clean it up. And he was coming in to make a play out of his area. However, when you are putting these one on one situations, you know, you want to see your player, uh, your guy win. And though he leads this team in tackles and he has been phenomenal for the Texans defensively as a rookie, that is still something to pinpoint. And I'm sure the coaching staff will do the same in the Mm offseason. Hey, man, we love you here. We love you here. We love you here. We need for you to get better in this area because then you'll take your game to the next level and possibly you'll take the entire defense to the next level. But on Sunday, it just was rough overall for both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. And granted, we didn't see Trevor Lawrence have one of those crazy games like he's been having as of late. One interception, uh, 77 passer rating, right? Um, Only 150 yards. The running of the Jaguars – was great enough to knock Houston out this game.
1: Top three tacklers for the Houston Texans this season, Jalen Petrie, 126, Christian Kersey, 113, and Jonathan Owens, 112. The worst part about all of this, John, those are the only three players who have recorded over 100 tackles so far this season.
0: Well, I know that game may have left a uh, salty taste in a lot of Texan fans' mouths. However, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Bill Bar. Built Bar is back, guys. We just got through with the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a lot healthier this year. Uh, but if you're like me or you feel like my wife who really loves sweets and like a good treat, Bill Bar is where you need to check it out and be with because Bill Bar is healthy, uh, actually tasty, they're delicious. And they have some of the most unbelievable flavors, like churro, which is my favorite, peanut, bo- peanut butter brownie. And for some people out there that likes this flavor, God bless you, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like cat candy with only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. So make sure you check out Bill Barr. Uh, today by visiting built.com now you can get them at your local walmart or sam's club as well that's right head to your nearest walmart today walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars you can pick up a four box of cookie and cream double chocolate or coconut pus. whatever you like they will have over at walmart or sam's or check it out at built.com Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen today. Now make Locked On Sports Today your second listen of the day. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Uh, The Texans are a bad franchise, right? And again, guys, I wish I could paint the picture. As a matter of fact, I think Brandon K. Scott has a, a, a video of it on his Twitter page, so check that out. Just how bad the energy was in the NRG Stadium. It was tough to watch, tough to look at. And to hear your team uh boo in the first quarter, right, speaks to the season. Lovey Smith was asked about – his job performance this season. He said it's been hard to – that's hard to answer, excuse me. Says they've won two games and says he is the one leading. Haven't done a good enough job, need to win more games. Says there'll be a body of – says, excuse me, there, there'll there be a body of work to look at when the season ends. Uh, you know, I, I think Sunday was a game where you can justify cleaning the house. Everybody must go.
1: Yeah, and when you say everybody, there's a certain person that I'm actually looking at, but I'm going to save that for tomorrow's show. But, John, to fully understand how much this game represents the season, um, the Houston Texans in 2022, for the first time in franchise history, finished the season without a home victory. The first time in wow, franchise this was. History. This was the first. The only time they came close to a victory was that tie against the Indianapolis Colts. They have lost seven out of eight games. And this is why I always go back to that very first game, and I say that that game set the tone for this entire season. Mm. And I say that because I would never forget that Thursday or that Friday we were standing around Jonathan Gennard and somebody asked him about the excitement of the new season. He said, yeah, I'm very excited about the new season because it's going to show us what we are working with for the rest of the year. And here we are. The Houston Texans are, what, 2-13-1 now? Is that correct? And, and no home win. <laughs> and no home victories. Yesterday, you know, solidified that, the 2022 campaign is going to go down as the worst in franchise history. Plain and simple. Yeah. And then to make bad matters even worse, it was also their 20th anniversary.
0: <laughs> that's a terrible anniversary. That's like that's oh, that's. Oh my god! You know what the Houston Texans franchise has made the fans do this year? Sit and watch this team be this bad and this dysfunctional and this chaotic. It's comparable to when Mike made Sheila drive up that mountain to go to the cabin. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I get married? Oh, uh, thank you guys gosh. for checking out today's show. This is one of those shows where it was tough, but we brought it to you. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTexans. Like us on Facebook. And, you know, as always, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well.
1: And as always, you can follow me on Twitter, Cody Davis underscore 24. John, listeners and viewers, please pray for me. This past weekend, I covered the Rockets, who lost by twenty Damn. to the New York Knicks on New New Year's Eve. Then New Year's Day, I watched the Houston Texans get their behind handed to them, thirty-one to three. And if my math is correct, I believe I literally covered two games where both Houston teams lost by an average margin of twenty to twenty-four points. And it's going to get even worse today because later on today, I'll be back inside the Toyota Center. And the Houston Rockets will be taking on the hottest guy in the NBA right now, Luka Dodgers, who is averaging like 49 points. And by the way, he began that impressive streak against the Rockets on December 23rd when he dropped 50 in a win against the Rockets. So just pray for me, guys. This this, has been hard. This has been very hard. (laughs) But... Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. And by the way, I also, a few years back, gave up an opportunity to cover the Houston Astros. I'm really kicking myself in the butt about that one. Bam. (laughs)